If you're to believe what you read in the papers or what you hear on the radio or see in the news, apparently there is jobs absolutely everywhere. If you ever wanted to change jobs, if you're looking for a different career, if you're looking for your first job, you have absolutely no excuses. There is jobs everywhere. Well, that's what we're being told anyway. And even today, it was announced by Indeed that based on a recent survey that they believe that job vacancies are up about 57% on pre-pandemic levels. That's according to that recruitment website. Um, that was published by Owen Burke Kennedy in the Irish Times today. So it leaves a lot of food for thought that if one factors in the economic environment at the minute, like never mind the crisis and the war in Ukraine, supply chain issues and the like, you know, Brexit, rising inflation, everything else, surely this can't be the case on the ground. To find out a little bit more and dig a bit deeper, I'm delighted to be joined by the group chief executive officer of the FRS group, Colin Donnery. Good evening, Colin. This claim that maybe jobs are up by about 50 to 60 percent on pre-pandemic, is that something that you're seeing at FRS at present? Yeah, look, it's very busy on the ground at the moment. There's an awful lot of jobs out there. Um, the thing that that's 57 percent of jobs on Indeed's website, but they have grown themselves probably about 60 percent. So look, maybe 30 percent, 35 percent, but it certainly is extremely, uh, extremely busy out there across uh across all sectors like you know um a little bit of a dip probably in the last two months uh, in real terms and in terms of what we're seeing from employers with with the the war in ukraine and 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 that type of thing but but certainly it's extremely busy out there now yeah i think that's coming true all right that i know march i think was one of the it was a record month in terms of exports from the country in terms of manufacturing output as well but certainly I think even since lots of people you talk to have seen just that little trickle of a slowdown as well I think it maybe starts to paint a picture of what may come down the line but we'll come back to that yeah. in a second but this re- rise in jobs then is this a sign of the great resignation that was long touted so are, are people leaving jobs and thus these roads are vacant or is it just an indication of, of how busy companies have gotten? So there's a mix of things happening. So you, you have this pent-up demand. So one of the things that happened during, particularly the first year and 18 months of COVID, people didn't leave jobs, typically. So they sat tight, you know, the, the devil you know is better, the devil you don't know type of situation. Um, so you, you saw, and this ha- that's what happens in recessionary times, right? So people don't, like, everything comes to a halt, people don't move. So So that's what happened. What we saw probably for the, second half of last year was people really start to start moving and it's it's like a you know that that sort of rolling stone moving along it's it's really into the new year february march april we're just you know extremely busy and so it's it's like what happened in 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 the last recession you know back after the the bus 2008 2009 you know, people sat tight. If you had a decent job, you weren't moving. You weren't going to move for a small amount of, you know, of a, of a salary increase. So what we're seeing now is demand has meant that um, employers are starting to increase salaries. So if, if they need people, if someone needs someone in a, you know, a call centre and, you know, they lose business if they don't have someone there, they're going to pay more. So we've seen salaries increase, which is enticing people to leave. There's an awful lot of headhunting going on, you know, across the board there. People getting capped up to move constantly. LinkedIn, if you go on LinkedIn, it's like, you know, literally like jobs left, right and centre. So it's, um, yeah, look, people are people are leaving, you know, if if employer, and there's a number of drivers around this, look, our, our annual survey is out on Thursday. And, and the key the key point is, 
people are just, if they're not being paid right in the job they're in, um, particularly with the backdrop of inflation, they're moving, you know, yeah, um, for salary. But they've got to be significant increases in salary. Um, but the big push in the last eight, 18 months, sort of since COVID, which, and COVID has really driven this, is flexibility. So flexibility, remote work, you know, if if you've someone, particularly office jobs, like it's obviously you're in the manufacturing industry running and, you know, you need people on site. But people in offices, if they can do their job from home, you know, they're looking to do that. Like the days of someone, you know, commuting to Dublin for, for two hours from the Midlands and um, to do a job, I would say is, is nearly is, is nearly gone, you know. Yeah, it, provided, uh, they, provided they can do that task equ- equally as well from home. Ex- but exactly, that's, yeah. that's a key question then. Like, will people take a flexible working week without a salary increase or are people beginning to look for both given that buoyancy we're seeing in the jobs market at present? No, so I, I think there, there, I think once the salary is at the level of, you know, at least at the level the person was at, if, if employers can give flexibility, people will move, you know. So what I what I say is people people won't move for a sort of a, a 5%, like if you, if you weighted up a 5% increase in salary versus flexibility, they'll take the flexibility all day, every day. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, the pandemic has driven this sort of work-life balance. People have reassessed where they're at. And ultimately, if they can, as you said there, if they can do the job as equally as effective as they can from home, they're asking, why are you bringing me to the office? And that's actually driving people to look for jobs outside of um, outside of the, their current employers. So if we go back two years, say, if we go back to March 2020, when many of us ended up working from home, a lot of us for the first time ever, by this time two years ago, we'd kind of got a sense, actually, this is kind of working. We can do this and we can mm-hmm. reap some of the benefits that you've spoken about. Bear in mind, it was still in a very vastly changed working environment. But... Now that kind of we can reflect on two years, have we learned anything around, say, productivity and output from remote workers? And indeed, when it comes to things like innovation, you know, can we still be as innovative in teams, particularly if we've got our team dispersed all across the country? Yeah, so I think there's some really great academics in the States. Uh, Eric Brynolfsson is sort of the key sort of uh, thought leader in, in, in this whole area. And, you know, the research has shown that in the right environment, the right managed environment, people are more productive from home or in a remote scenario, right? So, um, but, the, but the conditions have to be correct. And what we see is that uh, the, but the problem with remote, the remote and hybrid working models is, particularly remote, fully remote, is innovation takes a hit. So it's very, very difficult, you know, to sort of, you know, brainstorm, work through problems as teams in a, on, on Microsoft Teams or on, on, um, on Skype or, you know, uh, you know, Zoom. Very, very difficult to workshop. Very, very difficult to onboard people. So that's the big challenge that, that like, particularly the big employers are looking at. So if you look at your big multinationals, they're looking at this. How do we fix this? So we, we've seen things like, um, you know, whiteboards, you know, and all this sort of stuff working, working together. And I think the jury is really out on them. They don't seem to have worked. And so the big multinationals are bringing those employees together, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month to work through problems, to work on ideas, work on new ideas. And I think SMEs really, this is the challenge they are going to have. 
that in order for them to come up with new ideas, new products, you know, overcome those sort of problems, they need to get people together. And what I would look, what we've taken on in FRS is really where we have people working remotely, only bring them together if they're going to be working together to solve a problem, you know, working as a team, etc. You know, bringing people to the office to do sort of basic stuff that they can do from home. They're not going to thank you for it. You know what I mean? And if you do consistently, and there's this sort of management sort of, you know, command and control thing that goes on of, I need to see someone and, well, you don't. Do you know what I mean? You need to see their output and their, and their productivity, you know what I mean, and, and how they're doing. But as organizations, I think we, we, we really need to ensure that, I suppose, innovation is, 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 is at the heart of what we do. If we're not innovating, we're, we're not growing, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can be as productive as you want and, and cut costs, etc. And, and that's what it only gets you really so far. Of course, dragging somebody back to an office to do tasks that you know, they can do equally as well from home and, and probably even better, as, as has been proven in a lot of instances. If you begin to alienate people and the jobs market is as, as buoyant as it is, then you're creating an opportunity maybe for them to leave. But I suppose that comes back to a, to a question I have around that is, even though the jobs market looks quite buoyant at present, is it likely to last given... You know, there's lots of talk out there. We're not going to use the R word, but there's lots of talk of, of certainly a slowdown. I'm putting it as diplomatically as I can. Will that be matched by demand from employers, you think, as the, as the year progresses? Yeah. So in in the, I suppose, the research we've done and the survey that comes out on Thursday, there's a mismatch, a mismatch starting between employers and uh, employees in terms of sentiment. So employers, like, you know, and I suppose who are at the coalface, really, of they're seeing increased costs for inputs, um, particularly, you know, in, in sort of steel and in manufacturing, and it's driving costs up. So they're actually telling us they're less, I suppose, positive than they were a year ago in terms of their hiring for the year ahead. So we're starting to see a little bit of pullback. Employees, on the other hand, are you know are sort of going oh no things are great things are great it hasn't hit and this is what you're seeing on the on the sort of demand side you see from indeed etc you're you're starting to see like people still think there's lots of jobs i i think the sentiment we're seeing across a number of our business particularly on the agri side our fencing company we have a large fencing company one of the largest fencing companies in ireland we're seeing sentiment dropping with with consumers right so that's feeding through obviously into how the, how the rest of the year looks um on the agricultural side of, the, of our business similar you know sentiment is, is starting to drop if we continue the way we are with inflation more is sort of interest rate rises um, you will see a slowdown in hiring. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, um, when will that happen? Probably September time. If, if the war in Ukraine continues, you know, uh, as it is at the moment, until until September, with fuel prices, um, steel prices, input prices where they are at the moment, I think you certainly will see. Um, you'll definitely see a, a slowdown in 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 hiring. You know, that there's there's no doubt about that. And probably a tapering off in, in, in salary increases and, 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 and the sort of sentiment we're seeing from employers, as I mentioned already. So yeah, there's so much volatility and uncertainty out there at present too. So for an SME in particular that's looking at the talent that already has, or indeed if it wants to try and attra- attract in some new talent as well, what are the kind of deal breakers at present then? We've mentioned flexible working, but we see some, I see some reports recently with you know some big companies that are really opening the 
opening their closet with all these uh, employee perks and benefits. Now you'd ask the question: Are they all actually there and as good as they as they're as they're um, pre- presented? But what are yeah. the things that SMEs can do, I suppose, to take action on this now and not maybe face a situation later in the year where, it, where employees have have left? Yeah. So SMEs are in a really strong position, right? So they're much more agile, and you know, than than multinationals. Like you know, multinationals can offer you know, the sort of, uh, what would you say, you know, the, the foosball tables and all the bells and whistles and all that type of thing. Our research, the second, the second most, I suppose, important thing to people when they move jobs after salary is the job itself, the job I'm doing, how I'm working, is am I given autonomy in my job, you know what I mean, and what that sort of career path looks like. So I think SMEs are in a really strong position if they if they have a decent management structure and good management sort of systems in place, they can they can they can really do that. So I think it's about you know making sure when you're going out looking for people or the people you have that they're being pr- productive. It's very much you know about the individual these days, and you hear things about purpose and that sort of stuff. And you know it's overused, you know, particularly by employers saying, oh yeah, look, we have a great purpose. Really, employees want to know what's my purpose within within your organization. What's my purpose in the whole world of work? You know, and and uh, if if they're not doing what they believe is really great work within your organization, they're going to look across the across the road to your your competitor or you know someone else who's, who's close by who can who can offer them that who can offer them real sort of you know purpose in what they're doing and, and making a difference and and making them sort of feel good about what they're doing. So I don't think there's you know, um, I think people take for take it as a given now that they'll get things like insurance and, or sorry, health insurance and, you know, uh, pensions and salary. It's it's the added stuff on top of that and and make and making them feel part of something bigger. Really, that's really important. And again, that really and that is the and you've just touched on it there. That is the the beauty of an SME too. That often they're kind of a smaller intimate company and people can have those conversations around what your purpose is where you fit and where you can deliver best value but you can really make that role suit yourself or suit the company as well and, and basically everybody wins then without the upheaval of losing people or, or you know losing talent etc but look at it, it's a minefield out there but Colin Donnery thank you so much for uh, shedding your expert knowledge on it there at the minute and um all the very best. I know you, in, since I last spoke to you in the show, you have become Group Chief Executive Officer at FRS Recruitment. So you're not feeling the pressure there at all yet. No, you sound <laughs> you sound nice and calm and <laughs> lots of lots of pressure. We've actually just a, a bit of a plug. We've a, a big event in Crow Park tomorrow called um, Creating, um, uh, you know, Creating Great Teams in in the New World of Work. And we have Professor Ian Robertson from Trinity College coming along to talk to us. He's, he's renowned within the whole confidence uh, area um, we've people we were talking about our partnership with the GAA um, with Peter Cosgrove on who's, who talks about uh, I suppose from FutureWise on, on the new world of work and a number of SMEs a number of our clients from the Midlands are coming along and um, some multinationals um, so it looks like uh, it looks like being uh, a great day so um, really looking forward to it and great, great to get back out and meet people in person as well. But Colin, thank, exactly. you, thank you so much for coming on this evening. That's Colin Donnery there, Group Chief Executive Officer at FRS.